Hi, welcome to our broad podcast. This is Isabel, Roxana, and Maria. This podcast is for everyone who's interested in stepping out of their comfort zone, and this is what we wish we knew when going abroad. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm very happy that I have this new guest here. Um, it's Anne from Canada, but I met her in the UK, in Manchester, while I was doing my placement here. Say hi, Anne. Hi everyone, thanks for having me, Rox. Ah, thank you for coming and having a nice chat with me. <laughs> mm-hmm, happy to. So, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I, like you mentioned, um, from Canada and I grew up there um, and kind of did a lot of travel within Canada as a kid. And then my parents loved to travel in their youth and after they got married. So they kind of instilled that upon me and my sister and my brother. Um, so like going on vacation as a family was always like a big thing for us, something we did every year. Yeah. Yeah. And like what do you study and now what are you what are you right now and all that sure i guess more basic info um so <laughs> i am i am in manchester uk where i met rocks i am doing a phd in history um, i've studied history in my undergrad and my master's degree so i decided to pursue it as a phd um so i'm in the middle of doing that right now nice um mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> okay, so first I'm very intrigued like what made you first study history and second go to the UK for your master well you you went to Scotland to your for your masters and Manchester for PhD, right? Yes, that's right. Um so I just remember in last year of high school I was doing some European history and I just was really into it and I kind of didn't want it to end there when I finished mm-hmm. high school. So when I was applying for universities, um, I decided to pursue that as my focus, um, just out of interest. And then I, the more I did it in my undergrad, I just loved it. And the university I went to in Canada was really good for history, mm-hmm. some really great professors, some really great classes. Um, and I just, like I said, I just loved it. And I like to read it in my spare time. Um, and then actually during my undergrad, I did a year abroad in the UK, which was my first time. Ah, I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> Wait, oh, yeah. so, <laughs> so yeah, what was so that? My, my third year. Yeah, so I just, um, I applied for the program and I applied to go to this university in Canterbury in Kent, which is kind of in Southeast England, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because it was really close to London. So I knew travel opportunities would be ample. So mm-hmm. I did that in um, 2010 to 2011. Um, and studied some history there, but also kind of lived some of it. Um, and then, so when I finished my bachelor's, I had kind of fallen in love with the UK and knew I wanted to come back, which kind of led me to apply there for my master's. Oh, mm-hmm. and that's why you went to Scotland. And yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm very, um, like I have a few questions, like what? what was it like to have like those kind of different um like academic styles because obviously I guess it's not the same when you study in Canada and then you come just for an exchange to the to London or to Kent and Mm -hmm. then you go to Scotland and it's like 
I don't know for a few people that probably be listening it's like very even though if they are in the same island they are like very different <laughs> yes that's true <laughs> and, then, and then as well like in Manchester so all of that uh, like in terms of academics and style and people how was it like coming from Canada or from your perspective mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock, actually, the first time going to Kent. Um, although I must admit, my main goal there wasn't studies. I kind of <laughs> took some classes, but <laughs> was doing a lot of travel and kind of exploring. That's and kind of exchange. <laughs> exactly. That's why you're doing it. Um, but the reason I could do that and the reason that it was a big change is there's, there's so few contact hours. Um, mm. When I was in Canada, I was used to being in class like 20 to 30 hours a week, kind of like mm. all day or like a good chunk of the day mm-hmm. whereas when I went to the UK I was maybe doing three seminars a week that were each two hours so mm-hmm. it's a lot less time and a lot more independent study mm-hmm. so like because you don't have to go to class all the time you're expected to be you know using that time to read and to do your writing and to study um, so that kind of I'm glad I learned that before going into masters especially because I kind of knew what the teaching style was going to be Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point because I see that a lot here, at least mm-hmm. for people from Mexico, that they're like, really? Like, that's the amount of time that you have to go? Like, it's, yeah. I like, it's only like <laughs> three or four times a week and it's only for a yeah. couple of hours or three hours and the rest is your own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, and from the from Scotland and Manchester, what do you think? Uh, well, I was in Edinburgh in Scotland, which for those who haven't been, it's probably one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Um, I, I, I kind of applied there. Yeah, because I had visited it while living in the UK and I just, it's magical. So I know I wanted to be there and kind of being there for a year was perfect because it's quite small and you can kind of see most of it um, mm-hmm. in a few days, really. So it was kind of perfect for like a year adventure. Mm-hmm. Um and then Manchester is quite different from Edinburgh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just more, it's like a bit more real, I guess, and kind of, it's less touristy. Um, it's busier. Um, the people who live here are usually from here, which is not the case in Edinburgh for the most part. Um, and then academics wise, I guess PhD is a lot different from master's and that I'm basically just doing everything on my own as opposed to going to any seminars or any classes that now that you say that like it is quite different in terms but I like I would like you to explain more or less like why do you think that it's quite different like the style of Scotland to Manchester and like as well in masters and PhD like some people may be interested and some people they don't even have a clue or what the fuck is like the difference <laughs> with masters oh, and PhD yeah. and all that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. And of course, it I think it varies by country um, mm-hmm. a lot. So basically, a master's is kind of an advance on your undergraduate degree. So it's typically a year or two if you're doing it part time. Um, you choose a focus. I did mine in history and then chose contemporary history as my specialization. Um, so you take classes all throughout the year and you write essays like your only form of assessment is essays for each seminar that you take and then at the end of the year you write a dissertation so it's kind of like a longer 15,000 words or so 
assignment. So you kind of spend about September to April taking classes and then April till August writing your dissertation. Mm -hmm. So it's good in the sense that um, there's a bit of handholding and they you have contact hours with professors, but then you also get to do your own independent work, mm -hmm. um, which is good practice for going into PhD, which is entirely independent work. Uh, it's a project that you've chosen. You have supervisors who help you along the way, but they're not grading anything that you submit. They're helping you to write this big book, essentially, this 80,000 word dissertation. <laughs> this Bible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's very much independent research, which is great, but can also be very challenging. Yeah, definitely. I I bet. I mean, I remember <laughs> I've, me writing my dissertation for me. I say like, oh, this is like seven thousand words. This is just great. <laughs> and they say, oh, really? I'm writing like eighty thousand. Like, <laughs> never mind me. Like that's nothing. <laughs> just a yeah. baby here complaining. <laughs> No, you have to build up to it. And everything seems big when you're yeah. an undergrad, right? Every writing assignment seems like a lot. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So then in terms of like perspective, what do you find like in terms of culture or stereotypes or even just living from the UK, from Canada to the UK as a whole, like the people and the style and everything? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking people in the UK were incredibly friendly the first time I came mm. to live here. I think partially because people kind of hear my accent and they know I'm not from there, so they're interested to know where I'm yeah. from. They they always assume I'm American and I have to correct them. But <laughs> <laughs> Please, Canadian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they feel really bad afterwards. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just I just remember being it being very easy to make friends and kind of the pub culture being a good way to meet new people. Um, I don't know how you feel kind of about pubs and bars in Mexico, but in North America, it's not really a place where you just go and have like a casual chat with a stranger. Like if that happens, there's True. usually some, some like ulterior motives on one person's part. Whereas like in the UK, I feel like people are just happy to like sit and have a beer with you and just yeah. talk. Yeah. But I mean, well, I, it is weird. I mean, in terms of like, I feel like Canadians, well, the more, the older or like above, I think above 20, 20 something, they are like <laughs> friendly. Below that, they are probably their own, in their own mind and whatever. Yeah, but they which are is probably like, teenagers everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I feel like also like in, like in the States or in Canada, they're also, also very open to talk. But I don't know if it's also because they just see that you're not from that. But yeah, mm. totally, the pop culture, it's something huge. And I didn't mm -hmm. even stop and think about that until, I think we talked about it before, that it is something that happens naturally. Mm -hmm. and it's something that it is like within the, U the UK people. Like, how are you going to meet if it's not going to be in the pub? How are you going to socialize mm -hmm. and have free drinks or have a... <laughs> just a nice breakfast after a night out if there mm -hmm. is not a pub like where do people go <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and I mean we all felt that during lockdown over here yeah close. <laughs> <laughs> that's true like that must have been like a huge shock because I remember being in this uh uh place in the factory and someone in the factory asked me like oh where are you from like uh, I'm from Mexico 
oh cool and what is the thing that you like the most and I was like oh I actually quite like like the pop culture and he was like wait what like you don't have pops in Mexico <laughs> like we have bars but not pops mm -hmm. as such I mean obviously there are a few Irish pubs or British yeah. pubs, but it's like one in the entire country. <laughs> and mm -hmm. he was like, what? How can you even live with that? Like, that's not life. <laughs> and I tend to yeah. agree. I feel like I've become very used to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. Do you feel like it's very similar or different, the style of Canadians to British people or... Scottish people like also like the accent as well I don't know how difficult it was for you because for me I know that Scottish accent was strong <laughs> it can be very difficult sometimes especially like people from Glasgow mm. hard to understand um I think actually Canadians and maybe and British people have a lot in common and that we're kind of known for being like polite but also mm. a little bit passive aggressive <laughs> like just kind of want to keep everyone happy without really like saying how we feel but I think like there's also just a kinship I think in our histories um for better or for worse I guess and kind of the friendliness and easygoingness I would say and kind of like a quieter quieter friendliness yeah yeah if that makes oh, any sense that's true oh that makes sense i i'm thinking um on doing this like little uh challenge in during this new like podcast i don't know if you want to be part of it so i could put a timer the idea is i put a timer of with 15 seconds mm -hmm. and well 15 no probably like 35 to be a little bit longer and you come up with anything that is related to that word so just oh, yeah, to see fun. how how you um, think about it, and it's gonna be like two or two or three different words and anything that you can relate with it. Yeah, like the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, okay, uh, it doesn't matter if it's like a good or stupid. It's fine. Okay. Right? It's, just, <laughs> it's just to see how people actually like connect things. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Mm -hmm. okay, I'm gonna do this timing. Wait, um. Right, so the word is um, studying, well, yeah, studying abroad. Oh, adventure. Right, what else? You have 35 seconds. Oh, this is one word. Okay, adventure, um, challenge, travel, um, friendships, homesickness, um, exploration, Museums, restaurants, bars, learning. <laughs> um, what else? What else? Reading. Five seconds. Yeah. Uh, art, history, culture. Cool. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's just telling you right. Right. Um, I want to do like a small break in there. So why those came? Like, I guess those came to mind because you experienced that. Mm -hmm. But from all of those, what were the main ones that you really think like, oh, I didn't even thought about this could have happened when I was studying abroad? Um, I think like the homesickness, although I knew it would maybe happen at some points, I kind of didn't expect it. I didn't really expect it to happen like this time when I moved away just because I'm older and I've done it before. Um, but I think it, I mean, it happens to everyone regardless of how old you are so I think that has been kind of a surprise I know it's kind of like a negative one but kind of a surprising 
feeling that I've had in my latest um, study abroad, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Like, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how old you are, it's going to happen at some mm-hmm. point. Probably for some, it's going to hit harder. And for others, it's going to be like, oh, cool, it passed. Like, <laughs> that was the second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And sometimes that happens to me in a single week, both of those. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like, oh, I miss that. Oh, I wish I was there. Oh, well, whatever. And then just, yeah. <laughs> like, correct. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Now let's do another one. Um, okay. If I say travel abroad, what do you think? Okay. Um, thinking planes, trains, automobiles, um, new friendships, eating, walking, um, bad hotels, good hotels. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, getting lost. <laughs> that me all the time. Um, beer, trying new beers. Um, sore feet. Sunburns. <laughs> cool, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that was good. So, in terms of getting lost and sore feet, I, I want to know, like, in terms of traveling abroad, what what was your uh, best or worst experience and yeah like where was it and where have you been and all that oh it's hard to choose um although I think my travel has been pretty confined to North America and Europe but Mm -hmm. because of my um living in the UK so many times I've been able to do quite a lot of Europe um and a lot of this why I say getting lost was done before we had smartphones Keep that in mind. <laughs> so I would have to print out directions on how to get, you know, to my hotel from the airport or something. And if it didn't work, yeah. um, we'd have to maybe try my hand at speaking a language I don't speak very well to ask for directions. Um, I remember getting so lost in Venice and I was there by myself. Um, and I didn't have a smartphone. And <laughs> it's just the easiest city in the world to get lost (laughs) yeah that's what they say if you do not get lost in venice you didn't go like yeah exactly like (laughs) so many little streets and so many um like little alleyways so you can yeah get lost yeah so that was an experience it ended up being a great trip of course um i'm just stalling because i can't think of a favorite Mm. place that i've been um I really loved Turkey. I remember I went there with my family in 2008, um, which was a great time to go. Um, It felt very safe. Um, It was a really interesting culture, really friendly people. Mm. Um, But I just remember being very intrigued. Yeah, I really want to go there. Where about Mm -hmm. in Turkey did you go and like what was like the best experience there? So we went to Istanbul, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And we also went to a smaller town called Kusadasi. And one of my favorite memories ever traveling is we were staying in this small Airbnb. And one night we went up to the rooftop to just kind of like have some dessert or coffee. And the guy at the bar brought this big hookah pipe over to our table. And mm-hmm. like me and my family just sat around smoking like shisha. And keep in mind at the time, like my younger brother was like 14. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Um, 
but it was oh sorry this was 2006 actually not 2008 my mistake um so I was 16 and he would have been 13 or 14 um and it was just like a, something we would have never done as a family anywhere else so like I'll always remember it it's really cool <laughs> that's mm-hmm. young. that's cool and in terms of, like a culture like what of all the troubles that you have done like has really marked or really kind of changed your perspective of things um I think it's allowed me to have a lot more patience with people. I think coming from North America and even the UK, we're used to a culture of everyone moving really quickly and getting Mm. things done very fast. And I think traveling to some European countries where that's just not the mindset, they kind of just, you know, take their time and enjoy life. And I think, although it's hard for me to adapt to that, I think it's really good and challenging to just slow down and (laughs) live how someone else lives, which is, you know, work isn't life. Life is there to be enjoyed, which I think we should all do every once in a while. That's a very good point. Now that you talk about work, um, let's do a challenge with that. Okay, so you have 35 <laughs> seconds, anything related with work or working abroad. Okay. Um, challenging, uh, networking, Exciting, um, new opportunities, exploring new areas, um, asking for help, important. Mm -hmm. Um, mm, Oh no, I'm running out of ideas. Yeah, like four seconds. (laughs) Two, three, one. Okay, that was it. Sorry, I, I was good with these at the start. No, you have you had a really good last one. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually thought about the culture of, at least in the UK, that you work and then you have time to chill and you have time to mm-hmm. have a beer after work. And I don't know if, if people have been to London or any like big cities, like Manchester, for example. I would go back from work and every single pub will be with people drinking. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it was Monday, if it was Sunday, if it was whatever day, it was a pub yeah. time. And here, at least in Mexico, they don't do it that way. Like, it's like, oh, wait, what? Like, it's Monday. That's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> that's not the way that we do it. And now you're gonna get like, <laughs> I don't know, you're a sinner or something like that. I don't know, something. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the idea that it doesn't matter at least for them, that, okay, yeah, I had a rough or a good day, and I still have time to chill, and I have time to yeah. my own personal time. So how yes. was it for you? I don't know, you work in Canada, or you worked somewhere before that, where are you doing right now? I know how you feel about it. Um, I guess I've worked um, just so many different jobs. I've not been in one place for a long time to have kind of a long-term job but um I remember I did an internship in London so that was kind of my one experience working in the UK as opposed to being a student and we started work at 10 a.m which I thought was so late yeah (laughs) so true oh my god yeah and stayed until 6 p.m. instead of kind of your nine to five or even like I was used to going to some jobs at eight in the morning or 7 30. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was surprised by that and I wonder if in a city like London it's because it just takes so long to get everywhere. You know everyone is commuting from somewhere 
Mm. So they have to factor in that time. So I remember that being um, a, a difference that it was fine. I didn't mind starting work a little bit later. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, the, the after work drinks was, it, it was a, a thing in Canada as well, but not probably not as much as in the UK. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. And in terms of work environment, like, I don't know, I have only worked in Canada, but it wasn't like office related or mm-hmm. my topic related. It was more like outdoors. How was it for you? Yeah, like, I mean, for you, do you have any kind of comments or comparisons to that? It was pretty standard, I guess. I've worked in office jobs. I've worked in retail jobs. I've worked in catering. So I've done, like, ah. most of the things. Multiple. So, uh, <laughs> like, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I run the gamut. Um, and they all have their pros and cons, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love sitting at a desk all day, which is why working in retail or catering was kind of nice. I didn't really have to use my brain too much, and you kind of get to move around and, you know. A uh, uh, historian saying that I cannot believe it, but that's cool. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> but I do think you need to have some of this other life experience, especially if you want to kind of continue mm-hmm. doing degrees. I think it's good to take a bit of time between the two of them, and or between however many and just see what's what you. works. Yeah, yeah, that's a very mm-hmm. good point. I like that. Mm-hmm. So now that you said about, uh, now that I said about, like, you started saying about that, like, what has been the most um, stereotypes that you have heard either from whatever you studied or where you come from or even where you are living or where have you traveled? Like, stereotypes and taboos that you broke or kind of listened and then was like ah that's not quite right about myself or about other places or both Both. okay I think one thing that's pretty common is when I tell people I'm from Canada they kind of talk about it as if it's this utopian perfect country Mm -hmm. um, especially compared to the United States as it so often is and I think I used to be quite proud of that that people had that opinion of where I was from but as of late, I've kind of been engaging people more and saying, you know, this is actually something that's going on that's quite serious and it might not make the news, but <laughs> yeah. keep it on your radar. You know, we're not perfect. Nobody mm-hmm. is. And there's still a lot of work to be done. So I think just kind of, I'm shattering the illusion for a lot of people, but I think it's important. Um, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think in terms of coming to the UK, I think because of TV and movies and pop culture, you assume a lot of people here are going to be really stuck up mm-hmm. and everyone's really posh, as they would say. But as soon as you come here, you know that that's definitely not the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when traveling? Um, I'm traveling. I think I was maybe not a stereotype, but an expectation. I was afraid of traveling on my own which I've done quite a lot of now. Um, I've always been someone who enjoys my alone time, so I was never worried about being on my own, but I guess just kind of, you know, the dangers that come with being a woman traveling Mm. without Mm -hmm. anyone else. But I think I've been able to learn how to do that safely and to do it smartly and and also to know when not to do that is important. Like, you might want to go somewhere, but to know that that's not somewhere you should be going by yourself is as important as going somewhere by yourself if that makes sense right yeah no no it makes sense 100 mm-hmm. 
I feel like that now that you say that, um, it's kind of important to kind of like follow your instincts and trust mm -hmm. your gut that probably, yeah, you want to explore some areas, but some areas are not too safe. doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl, like you have to 100% follow your um, instincts. Yeah. So absolutely. where did you travel alone? So I did that Venice trip on my own. Mm -hmm. uh, I travel, I've traveled throughout the UK um, on my own a lot. I went to um, Amsterdam on my own. I've been to Copenhagen on my mm. own as well. Um, I went to Norway and Sweden on my own. And I think there might be some other just like smaller local trips, but those were kind of the big ones. Right. Mm -hmm. And from all of those, which one was the one that kind of you like the most and why? Mm -hmm. I think Venice. Um, just really? Because, yeah. Mm -hmm. I had heard kind of mixed things about the city, so I wasn't really expecting mm -hmm. too much. And I was going in January, so I wasn't expecting good weather. Mm -hmm. But I had blue skies the whole time I was there. It was just so picturesque and beautiful. I saw some great museums, ate some really good food, and despite getting lost, I had a really nice time, I think, because I wasn't expecting too much of it. Yeah, that's a good point. I like mm. that. And, like, taboos that you had before, like, traveling alone or someone that, I don't know, you had an experience with someone telling you, like, what? You, as a girl, traveling alone? I mean, <laughs> I don't know how old were you at that time, but things that we heard, listen, or hear usually, like, for me, it was like, but like, how are you going to plan it? And that's too much. And for too, that long, like, and you are mm -hmm. so young. You're like, yeah, but if I'm not doing it now, when? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's very true. Um, yeah, I think I started doing this when I was about 20, traveling on my mm -hmm. own. And yeah, I think most people kind of, they weren't worried about me, but they were just kind of like, why would you go somewhere? Why do you want to go by yourself? Why wouldn't you mm. want to go with a group? And I kind of said, I've heard that so much. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, my thing is you can't like wait around for other people to want to do the same things as you. You just have to go do it. Mm. Yeah. And I was, um, you know, in the UK for a limited time, I wanted to get the most out of my experience. And if yes. people didn't want to come, I was still going to go regardless. And there were things that I wanted to see that maybe other people didn't want to see. So it makes sense to just go on your own. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, some taboos that you broke at that point uh, or after you like come back or like something that you realized when you came back from all those trips, solo trips. Mm -hmm. I think um, it allows for like a lot of self-reflection, which I know is cheesy, but one of my favorite things ever was to just like sit on a train and put some music on by myself and just kind of think, you know, traveling mm. to a new place. And I love that, which it's great, but it can also, you know, you're just letting your mind wander sometimes. Um, as much as I love traveling on my own, um, it is fun to have a travel buddy. I think the trips that I remember the best are the ones that I did with other people because you're kind of making memories together. Um, so I think it's important to do travel on your own, but maybe not all of the time would be my advice. Um, yeah, so I was saying like, I definitely agree with that. You're gonna stop and stop your like plants just waiting for someone else to kind of join you. But it's also like nice to have that like time alone, but I totally agree with that. Like just putting music and just going to another place mm -hmm. and uh, thinking and wondering like, ah, oh, I'm, 
it could be either for a few people and for a few other are like, wait, what? No, I don't like traveling alone and I don't like spending time alone. So exactly. that's yeah. more that. Okay, but I feel like people should at least give it a try. Yeah, um, I agree. It doesn't have to be like to the other side of the world. It can just be <laughs> it's within the same country as well. Yeah, just a, a, even just like try for a day and see if you enjoy that and then yeah. go longer next time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like go mm-hmm. bit by bit and probably people will kind of enjoy that or realize mm-hmm. that they don't. That's true. Exactly. Right. And from all of this, what is some some stuff that you wish you knew? Mm. That's a good question. I think I wish I knew to like keep up friendships a bit better although moving abroad I've made great friends that I still have connections with you do tend to lose touch with a lot of people Mm. and I think um, especially if they're people from elsewhere in the world it's always good to have someone to visit an excuse to do some more travel so I think keep up those connections and keep in touch and it's so easy to keep in touch now and it's just so great to meet people from different countries and different cultures Um, so I think that's something really valuable that I have done but I wish I did a bit more of. I agree with that I feel like it now that you say about friendship sometimes it's quite difficult to or at least has I don't know if it has happened to you but for me I found it quite challenging and I didn't know about okay I'm gonna move abroad and these people like these people my friends my close friends are gonna stay here and they Mm -hmm. still will have their own experience at uni or at work or whatever and they will still hang around with them and with my other friends and Mm -hmm. I won't be part of it but at the Mm -hmm. same time I will start like moving on and making new friends but at the same time you cannot like keep on track of what's going back home but Mm -hmm. also you cannot like not go to whatever is going on at the place that you are like uh Manchester or whatever and then coming back to that to home or to that group of friends and you say like oh that's cool like oh so what's good what's new tell me something about like what's going on and all of them are like uh not much I mean yeah I can tell you a little bit and they catch you up with some stuff and some good friends they will and somebody's like well you weren't here so fuck up Mm -hmm. it's like oh so that's like I don't know if that happened to you yeah, I think it's been tricky. I've I've basically like been living between UK and Canada now for the last like five years or so. Mm-hmm. And it is hard. It's really hard to balance because you have to live your life where you're living. But it's also if people are your close friends back home, you of course want to keep up those connections. And I think like the people who value you and want to keep in touch, they will. And they'll be happy to see you and catch up when you do. Although, you know, people ask, you know, how's England? And it's like, well, you know, how do I catch you up on the last year of my <laughs> life without boring you to tears or, you know, talking your ear off for an hour? So I think it, it's it's hard to kind of balance that. Um, but you just, you do learn like who your real friends are through that. They're the people who want to keep in touch and, you know, don't begrudge you for going away. They actually celebrate you for it and they want to know all about it. Yes, true. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a very good point. People that really want to keep in touch with you or keep a close relationship with you, doesn't matter where in the world you are. Mm-hmm. They, you, as you will, like, 
you will keep in touch with them and if they are interested they will as well because sometimes mm -hmm. it's just useless that you can put message in them and uh, it's like okay probably not right now probably not this month probably not this year then yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like that has been one of the quite few um things that has really like like opened my eyes in terms of like oh I thought we were gonna keep in touch like for longer and it's been like mm -hmm. a month and that I even like messaged you and you're like okay yeah okay and that, that's your reply for the entire question that I gave it's like yeah you're good and that's it <laughs> like yeah uh, you kind of like see the lack of interest and you kind of realize or the way around you see the interest and it's like as nothing happened and even if it happened like it went by for a month or a year it's like it was just one day or a few hours yeah yeah I think like one positive of us all being stuck at home is that people are doing more video chats and I would rarely do that with people back in Canada but I've started doing it during lockdown because everyone's just home so mm -hmm. it's kind of nice it's like a you reconnect with people that yeah. way mm -hmm. that's a good one like with all this pandemic and all this stuff being in the UK and having friends and families around and all this, what has this like taught you or has like made you realize with all this pandemic? Um, I've, I've realized that I have a really good support system here in Manchester, actually. I, it took me kind of a bit to find my feet here. Um, and I was kind of homesick during this lockdown because I was supposed to go back to Canada over the summer but obviously that didn't happen but I think just keeping even though I can't physically see a lot of people that I've met here just keeping in touch and just checking in has just yeah. been so help so helpful like um got some like great group chats with some other PhD friends that you know we just send ridiculous memes and just have silly <laughs> conversations just to make sure everyone's okay and I, it's really great yeah that's mm -hmm. 100% good I, I like that because I cannot um, think as well, like keeping on track on what's going on with the world and then keeping on track with the uni and the PhD and kind of like uh, all this is going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I felt that just for a few months when I was finishing my degree. But now mm -hmm. for you, that was nonstop. Like it has been through all these five, four months, whatever, mm -hmm. how long has been. So yeah, that's a very good point. And you you should give you a, like a bit of achievement and respect to yourself like you have done all very well with all of this as well <laughs> oh so thank you crazy. yeah 100% yeah um well and if you would like to give any advice or would like to tell people something what would it be um it might In be general. kind of basic but i would say um take opportunities that come your way but don't feel the need to say yes to everything so say yes to some adventures but don't exhaust yourself by trying to do everything because you will never especially when you live abroad or travel you will never see everything you will never do everything so see and do what you want to do but take the time to rest and recharge yeah. your batteries mm -hmm. yeah like don't push yourself too much mm -hmm. yeah I like exactly that. I, I really like that Anna but I feel like it's also like do not be lazy enough to not go outside even if you are abroad like yeah exactly yeah you have to find a good balance between um relaxing but also seeing new things and learning new things cool 
Well, that's yeah. great. Well, mm-hmm. I think that's it. I don't know if you want to add anything else or... Um, I don't think so, but this has been a great chat. It's been good to go down memory lane in my head with all my experiences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like coming back and forward at some point, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really liked the challenge. It was good and funny, actually. Yeah, was I your first yeah, attempt? Yeah, attempt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was my first attempt. I'm going to try it with some later on today and see how it goes. But yeah, I feel like also kind of gives you kind of subconsciously what we think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh, uh, I, I mean, some stuff could be something that we have heard or we have experienced, but it's still part of it. Yeah. Cool. I will let you go and enjoy that dinner. And well, thank you. Thank you for having me. On the t- I should have said that. Yeah, no, cool. you said thank that. Thank you for having me. It's fine. I really enjoyed it. Thank you again for coming and having a nice chat. And I hope the challenge wasn't too scary. And, uh, no, I, I just feel bad for your listeners they have to listen to dead air while I try to think of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine <laughs> cool I'll speak to you soon and say right. for me I will have a good day Day. bye bye